This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Tonight's lesson is going to be about the benefits of being saved. So I go for a job application and I walk in there and I say, I'd like to get a job here. And they say, well, okay, well, we're hiring, fill out this application. So after I talk with them a little bit, I say, all right, so I'm going to go to work for you for so much money you're going to pay me to work for you, right? Yeah. So, okay, that sounds good. So I'm going to have a job that's going to last me. And uh, I think I'm going to like working here. Now, I was just wondering, is anything else going to come along with this job? Maybe some time off, vacation time. Well, maybe so. Okay, well, uh, how about uh, health insurance? You going to give that to me too? Well, maybe so, maybe not. All of those questions are leading down to, I'm wondering what other kind of benefits is this job going to produce for me? And I know that you know that I, same thing for me. I've been to jobs when the benefits weren't that great. I've been have worked at other jobs when they were, were good. But when I think about heaven, when I think about the Lord, tonight's study is about what comes along with me having my name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. What comes along with me giving my heart to the Lord at some point in my life? Do we get some other things along with that? We sure do. And that's why I want to kind of look at tonight. Because getting saved is one of the greatest experiences we'll ever have. There are many good things that come along with knowing Christ as our Savior. And I'll list those for you on the outline tonight, and they'll get these scriptures up on the screen for us to take a look at what some of these things are. So number one thing that I think about when I'm saved is a great benefit is I'm going to heaven one day. Amen? Going to heaven one day. All through the Bible, there are many verses in the Bible that tell us how we can know for sure that when we die or when the Lord comes in the air that he's going to take us home, we're going to heaven one day. And all we need to do, and we realize that now as children of God, that we had to trust him as our personal Savior, realizing the finished work that he did on Calvary was a finished work and a payment for our sins. And at some point in our life, we had to realize Christ died for you, he died for me. And thank goodness we heard the gospel. Somebody has been praying for us. And at some point in our life, we said, you know what? I want to give my heart and life to Christ. And when we did that, we received not only salvation, but some great benefits and one of those benefits is knowing that when we are saved, that our names are written down and that we're going to heaven one day. Notice Romans 10, 9, and 10. We often use these verses when we're leading someone to Jesus Christ even because they're great verses for this. But I want you to notice them. We read them fast many times. We quote them very fast. But in order to know that we are going to go to heaven one day, then we have to do exactly like the Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, it didn't say if you just think about Jesus 
or you just, you know, contemplate the work that he's done on the cross. But those words here say, if I will confess with thy mouth, not someone else doing it for me, but ourselves. We have confessed the Lord Jesus and who he is. But then even past the word part, notice it says, and shall believe in thy heart. You see, salvation is a change of heart. And so that tells me that a lot of people can say a lot of things. They can repeat a lot of things. They can do it in a, in a way that's not true from the heart. But I believe when we are under conviction, our heart knows we need Christ. And it will come from the heart. Often I've told people right before I try to pray with them, listen, this needs to come from your heart. You need to mean this prayer from your heart. Not because you're hearing my words or not because someone else is standing by and they're listening to what you're saying. But it needs to come from a heart. And why is that? Notice what it says. It says, believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So it goes back to that heart, that heart decision. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I think those two things have to work hand in hand. It has to be not just us talking it out, but it needs to come from the heart. And also, it's not just a thing of thinking about it, but it's confessing it with our mouth, too, to the Lord. He wants to hear us do that. And so, it's not important, really, that anyone else hear it, but that the Lord hear it. And so, uh, those two things will guarantee that you receive a benefit when you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, when you believe in your heart. He says, you shall be saved. So that's a great benefit that comes to us that knowing, hey, we're saved and that means we're going to go home to be with Jesus one day. He's prepared a place for us. And it's for those that are saved. The second benefit tonight is because I'm tired of being on the losing side, now I'm on the winning side. You know, you think about that. We've probably all experienced at least one uh, time or another when we were growing up. I don't know if it happens anymore, but I remember when we used to grow up, you remember how that when we get together and decide we're going to play a game, whether it's ball, football, whatever kind of game it is, and all of a sudden two captains, and then they begin to get the whole group there, and they begin to chain, uh, choose who's going to be on their team. And so, you know, they know a little bit of something about everyone in that group more than likely. They know this one can, can really run or this one has a, has a strong uh, ability to do some things and, and this one can do. So they begin to say, well, I'll take so-and-so. Okay, you'll pick. Okay, I'll take so-and-so. And this one, I'll take so-and-so. And you know what? There always has to be one last one. <laughs> and that last one usually is one that no one really wants on their team, sad to say. Maybe they know that that, that person just ain't going to do them no good. You know, I, I think about that. Isn't that, that person, I feel bad for that person. I mean, they're, they're sitting there, and they, and they probably know it too. They're about ready to leave and go home. 
And they, they'd, you know, sitting there thinking, mm-hmm, okay, well. And you know when it gets down to it? Well, I guess we'll take you. Wow. Boy, that's a confidence builder, isn't it? I mean, you feel like you're, you know, I'm a loser already. And a lot of people feel like that way in life. And we, we are on the losing side when we're born into this world. We are born into sin. But all of us have probably made decisions that turned out to be wrong ones. We wish we could go back and make that decision again. Maybe we voted for a politician we really thought would be the right one and would do the right thing that they said they would do. I don't think any of them do anything they said they do. But we're sad when we find out that maybe it was a wrong choice. But the thing is this, God knows all the situations that we're going to go through in life, and he knows the truth about these situations. And I think sometimes, I know sometimes, he allows us to go through sort of a losing time in life because it's, it's for our spiritual growth. We find ourselves on our knees more. We find ourselves looking to God more. We find ourselves, just like she sang about, uh, that, that storm that has come in our life. And God maybe allowed that to come our way. And it, yeah, it brought some disappointments, but God is still leading us. We're still on the winning side. Our Father knows exactly what we need. And if we, He's willing to share His wisdom with us. The thing is this, we are, we are only born on the winning side when we're born again. We're not born into the world on the winning side. A lot of people want to be on that winning side. They want to be, have things go, go great for them in life. But I tell you, unless you know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I know some, we still have some battles to face as Christians, but I'm glad I've got someone with me through every battle. He'll keep me safe through that storm till it passes by. No matter what happens in life, including death, this is a great benefit about it. We'll still be victorious. You know, Paul said for me to die, to live is gain. But, you know, the thing is, in life or in death, we'll still be on the winning side. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. They'll put verse number 54 up there. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall it be brought to pass, saying, that is written, death is swallowed up in what? Defeat? No, victory, even in death. Victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I added this other verse on there because I think it's something that we need to do. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. So even in those times where we're struggling through life, even when those times that seem to be a real defeat coming our way, I'm so thankful that we can stop 
and realize, hey, let's be steadfast. Let's remain that child of God that, that He's called us to be. And let's realize that whatever happens in life, in even death, there's victory for the Christian. That's a wonderful, wonderful benefit of knowing the Lord, no doubt. Number three, another great benefit because it has been so exciting to be saved in serving the Lord. It should be an exciting time for us as children of God. You know, you think back to before you got saved. I remember looking at others that were Christians and thinking, boy, they're living a boring life. They're not having all the fun that I'm having. And then I realized my fun wasn't lasting very long. It wasn't very much fun. It ended up hurting. It ended up disappointing. But when I got saved, I realized being a child of God was one of the most exciting things that we ever hope for. Because being a child of God means I can see things happen in my life and other people's lives that seemed impossible. But God does the impossible on a regular basis. Now notice what Psalm 68, 19 says. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily, daily loadeth us up with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Boy, not just a one-time thing, but every day we can look to the Lord and realize that it's exciting serving the Lord because it's no telling what He's going to bless us with today before this day is over. It's no telling what He's going to do for your family tomorrow. It's no telling what He's going to do for us down the road. It's daily the Lord is loading us up with benefits. Just like we're talking about tonight. Luke 18, 27. And He said, The things which are impossible with men. Look at that is possible with God. Man, what a, what a great truth to hang on to. You know, that I have looked at a lot of impossible situations and thought, well, there, there's no hope. And it usually isn't with man. But when we fall on our knees and trust in God, there is hope. There is someone who is able to change the impossible and make it possible. What a great benefit it is to being saved and serve the Lord all the days that we can. Notice also benefit number four because I love to see God work. Don't you just love to see God change and do great things? Just work in people's lives, not only our own lives, but other people's lives. One of the best things about being saved is seeing the mighty things that God has done. I mean, right here in our own church, in the middle of this COVID stuff, some great things the Lord is doing and continuing to do. For seeing what seemed impossible. How about your prayer for certain people and certain things in your life? To hear people that have uh, been diagnosed that they're going to die in a matter of days or weeks and living years later many times. Because God says, you know what? It's not time for you to go yet. But He's still going to keep you here until it is that time. I've seen God heal and mend hopeless family problems because people have prayed and got down to business with God 
and God has done some great things. Luke one thirty seven, for with God nothing shall be impossible. A little verse, but man, it's a great one, isn't it? With God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, I put 2 Peter 3.9 in there because I like some of this wording that it says that I believe we can apply to this. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. In other words, if the Lord has promised us He will do things, He won't, he won't go back on that. It may not be when we expect it, but He's not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Aren't you glad the Lord is long-suffering with us? <laughs> I mean, He has to be with us, doesn't He? I mean, some of us really, really, I'm sure, try Him. But I'm glad He's long-suffering in that area. So that's a great benefit there, to see God work in your life, see Him work in my life. Number five, because I love to see prayer being answered. What a great benefit. You know, I remember before I was saved, I knew I was supposed to pray every day. I was brought up in a Christian home. But I, I, I prayed because my parents told me to pray or expected me to pray. I prayed, but I never really saw answers to my prayer. And I thought, well, maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. But you know what I realized after I gave my heart to the Lord? My prayer going up to Him made a little bit of difference. It made a difference to Him. I learned that prayers did go up to heaven and they did get answered. Some prayers were answered very quickly, as I said earlier. But sometimes it takes many, many years of, of prayer. We've heard testimony of people that have been praying and praying for ones in their family for years. And God answered that prayer eventually, but they didn't never gave up. And I believe numerous prayers were not answered in the way I preferred, but God does answer prayer. He does answer them. Not always like I got it all figured out for you, Lord. I know just how you should answer it and when you should answer it. And he sits back and says, no, I'll answer it the right way when I'm supposed to answer it. But look at Psalm 40 and verse number 1. This is something for us hard, hard for us to do. I waited patiently. How's your patience? I waited patiently for the Lord. And He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry. So there's a patient time. We're, we're an impatient people now. We live in a day that we expect everything just like that. We want it just like that. And when we don't get it, we get upset. And I think sometimes our prayer life kind of goes over into that thinking. But if we're patient with the Lord. Psalm 66 and verse 18, 19, and 20. Now, you know, I talked about praying before I got saved. And I didn't see answers to prayer. But look what it says. If I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, what does it say? The Lord will not hear me. Lord, when I hear me, sometimes we have to do a heart check on ourselves. And we should do that before we go to the Lord in prayer, asking him for things and say, hey, I need to get these things out of my life. First of all, and get that under the blood, get it cleansed. 
But verily God hath heard me, and he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. You know, I think a lot of people kind of think, well, God just doesn't want to answer my prayer. No, he wants to answer it. He wants to answer it, but he's going to do it in his time, and then we have to have our heart right. We have to be living right to get that answer that we need. So many times we need to realize that that great benefit there is seeing our prayers answered and seeing God answer prayers in other people's lives as well. Now, another great benefit is because I looked for truth, number six, my whole life, and I'm happy now that I finally found it. I think I spoke about this one other Wednesday night talking about people looking for truth. And they do look for truth in the world today. They look for it in all kind of ways, all kind of avenues from all kind of people. But the only real truth is through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, we've all followed probably some wrong advice sometimes and seen the failure that it brings, just like those choices that I talked about. We've all had a time in our life where we felt frustration. Maybe everyone else seemed to be going down this path and doing this, and we thought, well, everybody must be right. Everybody is doing the right thing. I guess we we just fall in there with them, and then we find out that crowd is not heading in the right direction at all. You know, I, I don't know about you, but my parents' favorite saying back to me, I say, I want to go do so-and-so. Everybody else is doing it. And they say, well, if everybody's jumping off a cliff, are you going to jump off of there too? Well, if I'm following them, I probably will. And many times we find ourselves just following the multitude and it will be in the wrong direction. Our opinion, the opinions of others, Although it's well-intended, it's maybe not the truth, and that's what the difference is. We'll find out in this life, people and circumstances can be misleading, can't they? They can be deceitful. God's the only one that we know we can follow, and we'll follow the truth. The most wonderful thing He is, is willing to give us the truth. I'm glad we have His Word. I'm glad we can read it. I'm glad we can trust it. Psalms 25.10 is the verse that I picked out. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and, look at that, truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And you know John 14.6. We use it many times, but it's so it fits so well. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That great verse he told old Nicodemus, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. John twelve forty six. I am come a light into the world, and whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. You see, if we get away from the truth, we'll get into darkness. We'll get into sin. We get into the wrong path. But I'm glad that verse said all the paths of the Lord are leading in the right way, leading in the truth. And then number seven, because I am humbled that a holy God 
would want to use me, and he does. What a great benefit. Not only does God save us, but he wants to use us. He wants to use you and me in many different ways in life. And I know that you that have been saved a long time, you know how many times the Lord has spoke to your heart and you've been able to be a blessing to someone else and been able to be used of the Lord. Don't take that lightly. That's a, that's a ministry that the Lord has given you to do. And it's a great benefit. We're talking about the God that spoke this world in, into existence, that commands those angels and those seraphims and has led the greatest leaders in victories. Include you and me in his plan. That he's willing to use us. John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So it's not just lip service to say, hey, I love Jesus. But it goes beyond that. It goes into serving the Lord. Many times I've heard people say, well, I don't, I don't serve the Lord because I don't have this talent and I can't do this and I can't do that. I guarantee you there's something you can do the Lord wants to use you in. And he, he will do that if you make yourself available to Him. How should we serve the Lord? Psalm 100, verse 2 and 3, serve the Lord with complaining. Is that what your Bible says? <laughs> serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness. Oh man, you're asking me to do this again? No. Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, that he hath made us and not we ourselves. That's what we got to remember. The Lord made us. The Lord knows us. And the Lord wants to use us. We're the sheep of his pasture. Number eight, another great benefit because of all the godly friends and acquaintances I have met. Isn't it wonderful to have brothers and sisters in Christ? You know, I know we can't do like we used to do. I, I can tell in the service that we miss that time of fellowship. I think we miss that time we can get up and walk around and shake each other's hands and, and hug each other's neck. And we miss that. I, I pray we'll be able to get back to that one day. I don't know, but the thing is this, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ, whether we're able to do that or not. You know, when I first got saved, it became apparent to me that my old friends, I still didn't, I didn't want to have the same fellowship. I didn't have the same fellowship with them as I did after I got saved. Their lifestyle was detrimental to my lifestyle now. It would hurt my spiritual growth if I spent my time back with them again. And I realized that. Was it easy? No. It's hard when you have to leave old friendships, break off relationships, but you can pray that God will save them too. That some way you'll be able to share the gospel with Him and you'll be able to have that friendship restored, but it'll be different then. I was sure that I would be lonely when I got saved, but boy, did I find out I was born into the family of God very large family of brothers and sisters in Christ. And man, it's great. I don't care where you go. 
how far you travel to run into another child of God, another Christian, have great sweet fellowship with him. My dearest friends are Christians now. Fellowshipping with Christians in his house, whether it's at work, whether we're doing something out somewhere else, but it's so good to do it with other Christians and be able to have that time together where you can share things of the Lord and what he's done for you and hear some of their testimonies. So that's a great benefit. The Lord doesn't save you and leave you alone, but he, he brings you into the family of God. Proverbs 18.24 A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Of course, Jesus will be the best friend you ever had. Great John 15, verse 13, 14, 15. Greater love that no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I call you friends. For all the things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. That's so wonderful that Christ, in that benefit, he doesn't, he, he doesn't hold anything back from us. But he makes it known unto us through his word. And then number nine, because I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. We all want to make a difference in this world. Many times we think, well, I can only make a difference if I have a lot of money or if I'm, if I'm a popular person. Maybe I ha can't, haven't achieved the goals that I want to in life, so I can't make a difference. But let me tell you something. All people that are children of God, that are obedient to serve Him, we can make a difference as children of God. There's people, can you imagine that? You, you have the opportunity to change help change someone's life for all eternity because you share the gospel with them. You can't get a better difference than that. As slight as the task may be for the Lord, you'll find such great satisfaction by following His instructions. Look, look at this verse in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20 through 24. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord, Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. You see what I'm saying? Just a little bit of compassion, a smile, a kind word. Just that little action can make a difference in someone listening to you share the gospel with them. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, I'm convinced that when we, some of us, when we get to heaven, we'll probably feel a tap on the shoulder. Who are you? <laughs> You're the one that made a difference in my life. Because you've done this little action, this little thing, and maybe got me to thinking about my soul. And I ended up giving my life to Christ. Ain't no telling how many people would do that. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 14. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, 
wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. You see, there are things we can do to make a difference, but there are also a lifetime of things that we can do just to make a name for ourselves. We can do things that won't matter for eternity. And those things, we think we got a big old pile of works over here. And boy, as that thing goes to the fire, gone. Only those things we've done for Christ will last. So getting saved, you know what? We close tonight with this statement. Getting saved does not guarantee that you'll not have any problems in life. Just like right at the very beginning of the study tonight, getting that job doesn't guarantee that you'll always have the benefits that that employee said you will have. Some things could change on that job. They could sell out to someone else. Other things could happen. So as a child of God, it doesn't mean that we'll never have any problems. Christ never said that. There's no avoiding that, but being a child of God has a lot of benefits, including many that will help us through those difficulties in life, through those problems. There are so many, many blessings to being born again. You know what? It's the best thing that could happen to anyone, isn't it? Amen? And that's what the Bible says about the benefits of being saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.